You are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, the reader and commentator of the Mystical City of God. And you can obtain your copy of the Mystical City of God, the four volumes, from Tan Books. Today is Day 9, and we are reading from Volume 1, Chapter 5, beginning at Paragraph 52. Instructions concerning Holy Scriptures, and in particular concerning Chapter 8 of the Proverbs, in confirmation of the preceding pages. I will converse, O Lord, with thy great majesty, since thou art the God of mercies, though I am only dust and ashes, and I will supplicate thy incomprehensible immensity to look from thy exalted throne upon me, thy most vile and useless creature, and to be propitious to me by continuing to enlighten my understanding. Speak, O Lord, for thy servant heareth. Then the Most High, the corrector of the wise, spoke to me. He referred me to the eighth chapter of the Proverbs, and gave me the understanding of its mysteries. First was given me the literal wording of the chapter, which is as follows. Verse 22 of chapter 8 of Proverbs and following. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his ways before he made anything from the beginning. I was set up from eternity and of old before the earth was made. The depths were not as yet, and I was already conceived, neither had the fountains of waters as yet sprung out. The mountains with their huge bulk had not as yet been established. Before the hills I was brought forth. He had not yet made the earth, nor the rivers, nor the poles of the earth. When he prepared the heavens, I was present, when with a certain law and compass he enclosed the depths. When he established the sky above and poised the fountains of the waters. When he compassed the sea with its bounds and set a law to the waters that they should not pass their limits. When he balanced the foundations of the earth. I was with him, forming all things, and was delighted every day, playing before him all the times. Playing in the world and my delights were to be with the children of men. This is the portion of the Proverbs of which the Most High gave me an understanding. I understood at first that it treats of the ideas or decrees which were in the divine mind before the creation of the world, and that, in its literal sense, it speaks of the person of the incarnate Word and of his most holy mother, while in its mystical sense it refers to the holy angels and the prophets. For before decreeing or forming the ideals of the rest of the material creation, he formed and decreed their prototype the most sacred humanity of Christ, and of his purest mother. And this is indicated by the first words. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his ways. In God there are no ways, and his divinity does not need them. But he made use of them in order that by them we may know him, and that all of us creatures who are capable of knowing him may tend toward him. In this beginning, before he formed any other ideal in his mind, because he desired to create paths and open ways in his mind in the communication of the divinity. He decreed as a beginning the formation of the humanity of the Word, who was to be the highway by which the other creatures might come to the Father. Joined with this decree was that of his Most Holy Mother, through whom his divinity was to enter into the world, becoming man and being born from her as God and man. Therefore, it is said, God possessed me, since both were possessed by his majesty, For as to his divinity, he was the possession, the property, and the treasure of the Father, without possibility of separation, because Father and Son are one of the same substance and divinity with the Holy Ghost. 
And also, as to his humanity, the Father possessed the Son, because he himself knew and decreed the plenitude of grace and glory, which he was to bestow upon it at the moment of its creation and its hypostatical union. Moreover, as this decree and possession was to be brought about by the mediation of the mother, who was to conceive and bring forth the word, since he did not decide to create it out of nothing, nor from his soul and body out of any other material, it followed that he possessed her who was to give him the human form. Thus he possessed and claimed her as his own in the same instant, providing with solicitude that in the order of grace neither the human race nor any other should have at any time a right or a part in her. He alone retained the full right in her as his portion, and so much his portion as the dignity of mother required. She alone was to call him son, and she alone was to be called mother, a mother worthy of having an incarnate God for a son. Now was all this far surpassed in dignity the whole creation, so did it also take the precedence in the mind of the Supreme Creator. Hence, he says, Before he made anything from the beginning, I was set up from eternity and of old. We, in our present state, conceive this eternity of God as an interminable time. But what were the things of old, since none had been created? It is clear that the three persons are here spoken of, namely, that she was foreseen from the eternal ages of the divinity by the beings, which alone are ancient, namely the indivisible trinity, since all the rest, having a beginning, are recent, that she was foreseen when only the ancient uncreated was, and before any ideals of the future creation were formed. Between these two extremes intervened the ideal of the hypostatic union, which was to be verified ad extra, through the intervention of Most Holy Mary. Both were ordained together, immediately next to God, and before any other creature, and it was the most wonderful decree ever passed or ever to be passed, the first and most admirable image in the mind of God next to the eternal generation was that of Christ, and next to it, that of his mother. And what other order could be there in God, in whom all that pertains to him is present at one and the same time, so that no part of his being must await the perfection of another, or one perfection ever need succeed upon others? All is well ordered in his eternal nature." And so it was and will be forever. The new ordainment, however, was that the person of the Son should become incarnate, and that from his deified humanity should begin the order of God's desires and of his decrees ad extra. He was to be the head and ideal of all other men and creatures, for this was the most appropriate order and harmony to be instituted among creatures, that they have one who is the first and the highest, and that from him should descend the order of all nature." and in a special manner of the mortals. First among them all, however, was the mother of the man-god. As the supreme among mere creatures, following immediately upon Christ, and through him upon the divinity. Thus the conduits which led the crystalline fountains of the divinity from the eternal throne met first in the humanity of the word, and immediately thereafter in his holy mother, in the degree and in the manner, as it was possible for a mere creature." And as it was proper for the mother of the Creator, it was equitable that all the divine attributes should exert themselves in her without reserve, so far as she was capable, and that she be inferior only to Christ our Lord. She was to be superior in the degree of his incomparable graces to all the rest of the creatures that are deserving of graces and gifts. This, then, was the order so well instituted by the eternal wisdom 
that all was to commence with Christ and his mother. Therefore, the text adds, Before the earth was made, and the depths were not as yet, and I was already conceived, the earth was that of the first Adam, far before his creation was decreed, and before the abysses of the ideas ad extra, before the earth was made, and the depths were not as yet, and I was already conceived. This earth was that of the first Adam, for before his creation was decreed, and before the abysses of the ideas ad extra were formed in the divine mind, the likeness of Christ and of his mother were already conceived. The forms are called abysses, because there is an infinite distance between the being of God and that of the creatures. This distance was measured, speaking according to our own way of understanding. When the ideals of the creatures were formed, for then these very abysses were formed. Not only was the word conceived before all these by eternal generation from the Father, but his temporal generation from the Virgin Mother, full of grace, had already been decreed and conceived in the divine mind. Inasmuch as no efficacious and complete decree of this temporal generation could exist without at the same time including his mother, and such a mother, the Most Holy Mary, was then, and there conceived within that beautiful immensity, and her eternal record was written in the bosom of the divinity, in order that for all the ages it should never be blotted out, she was stumped and delineated in the mind of the eternal artificer, and possessed the inseparable embraces of his love. Neither had the foundations of water as yet sprung out. The images and ideals of creatures had not yet sprung from their source and origin, for they had not yet broken from the fountains through the channels of God's goodness and mercy, through which the divine will was to be moved to create the universe and to communicate his divine attributes and perfections. In respect to the entire rest of the universe, these waters and fountains were still repressed and detained within the bounds of the immense ocean of the divinity. In his own being, there were as yet no founts or currents for outward manifestation, not having until then met their proper object, namely men. But when these were encountered, the sacred humanity of Christ and his virgin mother had already furnished proper objects of benevolence. And therefore it is added, The mountains with their huge bulk cannot been established, for God had not as yet then decreed the creation of the high mountains, the patriarchs, prophets, apostles, and martyrs, or the other saints of great holiness. And this was not yet exerting its full weight and force in the mighty and sweet manner in which God executes his counsels and great works. And not only before the mountains, which are the great saints, but also before the hills I was brought forth, which are the orders of the holy angels. Before them, the divine mind had conceived the most holy humanity, united hypostatically with the divine word and the mother who bore it. The son and the mother were conceived before the hierarchies of the angelic hosts, so that what David said in the eighth psalm becomes intelligible. What is man, thou art mindful of him, or the son of man, that thou visitest him? Thou hast made him a little lesser than the angels, thou hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou hast set him over the works of thy hands, thou hast subjected all things under his feet. Let all understand and know that there is a God-man, who is above all angels and men, and that all are his inferiors and his servants. For being the first of men, he is God at the same time. He is the first in the divine mind and in the divine will, and with him is associated and inseparably connected, one woman and virgin, his mother, the exalted queen of all creation. 
This concludes our reading today from chapter 5, paragraphs 52 to number 60. Tomorrow we'll pick up at paragraph number 61. Here in chapter 5 of book 1, we see kind of a commentary on some scripture passages from the Old Testament. We are quite familiar with different passages that relate to the Blessed Virgin Mary in the Old Testament. We can think of Genesis 3.16, the prophecy of Isaiah that a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. We can think of daughter Zion. There are lots of different references that we can see in the Old Testament that direct us to the person of Mary. Now, as this book is dealing with the conception of Mary, so her immaculate conception, well, today we hear two different passages, and they're passages that we might not readily associate with the Blessed Mother. And so, Maria of Agreda is saying, but I received divine illumination. I received divine knowledge from God. This is what God gave me. He told me about Proverbs, and he told me about Psalm 8. And so here she is commenting and presenting what it is that she came to know. There were a few beautiful lines that I encountered in our reading today. The first would be, the mediation of the mother who was to conceive and bring forth the word. This is something we'll talk about in terms of Mary and intercession, Mary's mediation, that God chooses to give these graces. And we know that God chose to give us the gift of salvation and redemption through Mary who said yes, that by her yes at the Annunciation, salvation and redemption was born in the person of Jesus. And then we begin to think about creation and all the different orders of creation and how God created in the very beginning. This is what Venerable Maria of Agreda says. The first and most admirable image in the mind of God next to the eternal generation was that of Christ and next to it that of his mother, Mary already in the mind of God. And we hear it again echoed a second time. The likeness of Christ and of his mother were already conceived. This is in the mind of God. Fulton Sheen quite beautifully talks about God choosing how to create Mary, that she was this conception, she's the perfect conception in the mind, and then brought to birth through St. Anne, that God formed her and molded her in who she was. Tomorrow we'll continue reading from The Mystical City of God, and we'll pick up on that commentary on Psalm 8. And I'll remind us what that is tomorrow at the very beginning of our reading. I hope you'll join me then. May God bless you and Mary pray for you.